Welcome to day 51 of the story that changes everything. Our readings for today are Numbers chapters 31 through 33 and Psalm 21. Here are some thoughts to guide your reading for today. The psalm for today, Psalm 21, a psalm credited to David, is a bit harsh but perhaps appropriate given our readings from the book of Numbers for today. In it, the psalm singing king praises the Lord for lighting up his enemies like an oven on fire. God will eat them whole in his anger, sings the psalmist. Fire will destroy them. You will destroy their offspring from the land, destroy their descendants from the human race. Because, and here's a key line, they sought to do you harm. They devised a wicked plan, but they will fail. In Numbers chapter 31, the final act of the old generation was its lack of faithfulness at Peor, for which the Midianite women were partially to blame for their wicked plan, to quote Psalm 21. This new generation is called by Moses to overcome that sin and seek vindication for the wrongs done to Israel and to God by the Midianites. So the victory of the Israelites over them in the chapter foreshadows the success of the new generation in the ultimate conquest of Canaan. Notice the religious nature of this war. Phineas, the priest, leads the people into battle with both the vessels of the tabernacle and the trumpets used for holy purposes. Also notice the dedication of at least part of what was taken from the Midianites as an offering to God. Texts like this one that call the people to holy war for the sake of purity are deeply problematic. That kind of view that sees one's enemy as a kind of cancer that needs to be removed can easily lead to policies of ethnic cleansing that continue to damage the world even today. Some scholars see in this text some small fractures, however, and concerns showing up in the story that will eventually turn the scripture and the people away from this kind of understanding of holiness as purity, especially in such violent and dehumanizing ways. The first fracture in the story is the attention paid to the uncleanness that results from contact with the dead. Eventually, the people will come to understand that God seeks to give life and resist death. But there are hints of that developing view here in this text, because those who participate in the killings can't immediately re-enter the camp as conquering heroes, but must first go through a whole purification process. Similarly, the gift of atonement, described in chapter 31, verses 50 through 54, seems to acknowledge that something in the war opposed the purposes of God and thus needs some kind of atonement. Finally, in the history of interpretation of these texts, one finds repeated allegorical or spiritual readings of these texts. That doesn't fully take away from the historical challenges that these stories pose, but allegorical or spiritual readings see the emphases of these stories as highlighting the spiritual forces or temptations that Israel faces, temptations embodied in these rival nations, temptations that keep them from fulfilling their calling and purpose as a holy nation. In other words, the threats the Midianites posed for Israel were not external so much as internal. To quote Old Testament scholar David Stubbs, God was faithful to lead Israel to victory over adversaries who harassed it on the way to the promised land. But Israel also needed to fight a constant spiritual battle against sins inside and among it. 
An inability to deal with misfortunes, to rise above basic hungers, thirst, and sexual appetites, to follow God wholeheartedly, and to see through lies and deceptions. This battle was not won once for all in Israel. Chapter 32 opens with another problem. The tribes of Gad, Reuben, and half of Manasseh decide that they would be better off not crossing the Jordan and living in the Promised Land. They want to stay in the Transjordan Valley and raise their livestock there. So a compromise is reached. They can stay there as long as their fighting men go with the other tribes to secure the land of Canaan, and then they can go back to their families and flocks after the battles are over. Often these tribes are viewed by interpreters across Christian history as representing those disciples who are obedient enough to have some connection to the life of faith. They don't live in open rebellion to God's purposes, and yet they never fully enter the life and community of faith. They are what John Wesley called almost Christians. Chapter 33 is a travel log of 42 stages that people took while moving through the wilderness. Some scholars wonder if this number, 42, which equals 7 times 6, is mere coincidence, or if it's meant to represent a full, that would be the 7, but still incomplete journey, that would be the 6. The church I pastored in Pasadena, California, had pictures of all the pastors that had led the church for more than a century hanging in the offices. Sometimes longtime members would come by and tell me stories connected to the various tenures, They would tell me stories about problems and successes, scandals, cultural and economic crises that are faced in each of these different eras. I've been gone for eight years, and I realize now my picture hangs there and is now just part of the story and the history and part of the ongoing development of the church. Our histories as communities of faith and as individual disciples are written in physical places in relationship to other people through very real times of blessing and hardship, but all guided and sustained by the hand of God. They are journeys that are not quite complete. The final land of new creation still always lies out ahead. Each of our stories is like our own version of Pilgrim's Progress with at least 42 stops along the way. So read the text for today carefully, looking for things you've never noticed before. Listen to what the Spirit might say to you through them. Journal your thoughts, your prayers, your questions, and keep journeying toward the new creation. We still have a lot of stops to go, and we're not quite there. Our texts for tomorrow are the final chapters of the book, Numbers chapters 34 through 36. I'll talk to you tomorrow.